All right, tell me if you can hear me. I have no idea. I'm, if you guys can't hear me at all, I'm going to just have to plug off. I'm just trying to shoot. I have a, I had an issue today. I'm, I have, I'm not able to use my microphone. Can you hear me at all? Or does this, just tell me if I can't hear, if you can't hear me, I'll just turn it off. This is a test, basically, if you can hear me or not. Can you hear me? Just tell me, somebody tell me if you can hear me. Oh, good. Thank goodness. Because uh, I'm having to, I, 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 things ran late, and uh, my phone was not charged. I thought it had been charging, and it wasn't charging. And so I have to have it plugged into my computer, which I was, means I can't play, use my microphone. So, uh, you're assuming, I'm assuming you're hearing me over the, uh, laptop microphone so whatever it is I'm happy that it's working so uh, I think that uh, the FYM guy said they're gonna do a uh, bail fund charity stream starting at 7 I think they're gonna do that now at 8 uh, and I absolutely encourage anyone to keep watching them have fun with their hijinks spoofs and goofs and uh, kicking some money if, if you can and if you think it's the right thing to do This is the most technologically uh, advanced move I've ever pulled while trying to do this job. Whatever you want to call it. Uh, I believe FYM stands for fuck you mean. Like a, a thing that dumb guys say. In, instead of what the fuck do you mean, just fuck you mean. So it looks like we're getting Amy Coney Bryant, Amy Kobe Bryant, Amy Joseph Coney, Amy Coney Dog, uh, Barrett Fifty Caliber, in the Senate. In the, I honestly think they should just get it over with because it's just going to be annoying. The whole thing is going to be very annoying. No, everyone knows that she's going to get confirmed. Just, just do it. Do it tomorrow. W one vote. Because I'm honestly, why would I want to listen to any more of this? It was bad enough in the fucking Kavanaugh hearings. My God. Everybody convinced themselves that that was some sort of meaningful, like, uh, Rubicon being crashed. As though anybody has any retention of anything for longer than five fucking minutes. Amy Cody Bryant. So what's up, guys? What's going on? I wasn't online today. My phone died. I was that far from my phone. So I don't know what will happen. Besides people uh, ritually sacrificing lambs in front of the corpse of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, what else has been going on? I saw Clappy Stupid Bastards, and that's swag. See, that's swag. That's what Hillary didn't have. And that's why, more than anything, I think... I mean, besides incumbency working against Trump this time, uh, I think that's what could save him and ma make him beat Trump is is that he's got that Trump swag, which Hillary never had. Oh, yes, Ron Paul also had a stroke on the middle of a live stream, which I hope to do one day. I mean, that's a true... Uh, that's the demise of a true online poster's poster, right? To go down while, uh, while vlogging... It's 
that's when you die like that, you get to go uh, to the feasting banquets of uh, Asgard. You get uh, uh, so. If Ron Paul, apparently he didn't die though, which is too bad for him, honestly, because if he had died, he would right now he would be at a table with Murray Rothbard, uh, 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 Hayek, uh, Von Mises, uh, and they would all just be wailing on poor people with paintball guns while just eating Ortolan like chicken nuggets. because he died posting. He died posting for the ideas, for the crack-headed idiot ideas of libertarianism. The, I don't think Hans Hermann Hoppe is dead, actually, so he wouldn't be there yet. Uh, oh, yes, Ayn Rand also there. God, imagine if people actually were the way the libertarians say that they are. How would we have a... How would there be anything? Didn't see anything. It's you are only able to have that kind of delusion because you are so deeply embedded in a social network that has been abstracted away from you in terms of your day-to-day -day life and has been replaced by like technological stand-ins and symbolic stand-ins for a social order. Can you possibly get the schizophrenically insane idea in your head? Yeah, no, uh, the world is me. Even though I'm thinking these words with a language that I didn't invent. Even though I'm only alive because people didn't fucking sell me or take my organs when I was literally defenseless. And to earlier generations, it would have been nonsensical. But once you've turned society into these symbols and removed it from your day-to-day -day experience, you can go off on any kind of insane tangents. And then the internet comes around and it makes all those tangents not only seem uh, non-insane, but in fact rational. Because what's this? We're all acting on this internet computer box the way that we are imagined to act in the market. We are individuals relating to one another, relating ideas across a neutral uh, public platform, and buying and selling our wares, uh, and ourselves, and our, uh, and finding our amusements there, and all for a price. If that's your life, if the internet is your life, it's no wonder so many of these people are fucking deluded libertarians, because why would, if this is your model, if, if, if the model for human society is not actual human society, it is human society dimly reflected onto the internet. How the hell are you ever supposed to come to any other conclusion? Somebody was talking about how we didn't think unemployment would run out. I'm telling you though, it was always like unemployment will run out and then the shit will hit the fan. I think if anybody, I think the assumption that it wouldn't run out came from assuming that we had more, just like running, doing the Bernie campaign, assuming that there was more, there was more uh, resistance left in the band, or uh, you know, a, a tread in the tires of of, of of like an actual organizable, self-motivating social form in America. Doesn't mean we won't make one. Doesn't mean the times won't help create one. But it certainly isn't here yet. Oh, 
I got stuck. Got a, got a, got a passion fruit of LaCroix here. It is amazing how LaCroix, I don't know how it happened. Was it the name? Might have been just the name. Was able to be the brand that captured a social phenomenon that had nothing to do with it or its product. It had to do with the, uh, just demographics. Millennials turned 30. Millennials turned 30. They couldn't drink as much empty calories as they used to without their asses getting larger. And so they switched to seltzer. And LaCroix was the brand that turned that into a meme and not just a defeat, your giving into your body's decrepitude. And then it took over the whole thing and then it took over alcohol. But it all started with the LaCroix. And now you go to a grocery store, LaCroix is more expensive than the other brands. And it's not better like, I think Polar is much better. Polar's got way more bubbles. But nobody thinks, why is it more expensive? Why is LaCroix more expensive? It's like, no, it makes sense. It makes sense. Look at that. Look at that 80s design. Look at that vapor wave. That is some vapor wave shit. Is that what vaporwave sounds like? I don't know. Wow, I love that you guys can hear me so well. I didn't even have to buy that goddamn uh, microphone. I could have just plugged the thing into the computer. Dope. I'd say the most grill-pilled Sopranos character would be Lil Carmine. Just in the sense that he, uh, he didn't push it. It's like, you could be the Don. He's like, oh, let's see. But then does it work out? He's like, eh, never mind. He isn't driven by a, a manic uh, need to to claim a throne that only puts a target on his back. Who are the Muscadins? The Muscadins, if you want to be... Uh, if you want to be glib about it, we're the first Proud Boys. Of course, the difference was is that it was there were actual stakes and it wasn't pure uh, pure entertainment. Uh, they were uh, they were the children of the upper middle class, not the gentry, not the old aristocracy, but of the right wing bourgeois who went in the streets and in finery and with with jewels and walking sticks and perfumed uh, cravats and would beat up uh, and attack and sometimes kill and castrate uh, uh, Republicans, Jacobins. They were part of the Thermidorian uh, suppression of left-wing sentiment, which was the first of a number of pivots that the directory did over its five years where it would essentially play whack-a-mole. It would suppress the left 
and cozy up to the right and mollify the right. But then the right would become overweeningly powerful and begin making uh, 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 threats to gain power, either through a coup or through the legislature. And then they would suppress the right and big up the left. And then the left would get too big for its britches. That's why it was doomed. Uh, the center could not hold there. Trump weren't going to fill the gap. And it ended up being Napoleon, who was a truly dialectical figure in the sense that he was the synthesized embodiment of the entire political spectrum at that point. And the moment. History on horseback, as Heigl called it. Because his, his reign uh, was a... was filled with ratifying the meritocratic uh, and, and enlightenment like um, uh, government and uh, concepts uh, and, 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 and the enforced like secularization of uh, of like the bureaucracy that the republic had instituted but then he created a her, uh, uh, a hereditary monarchy with, with all of the pomp and structures and circumstance of the old royalty. And it turns out if the money is still being made and if the battles are still being won, that's really all anybody on the right really wanted, especially once he made the Concord out with the Vatican. I don't think there's a monkey out there. I think it's a chip squirrel or something. Helicopters, we got some sort of shrieking ape. Uh, someone's asking about that clip that was just being put around a while back about um, Michael Haneke saying that it's immoral to do ed entertainment about the Holocaust and that Schindler's List was immoral. The thing about Haneke is he is, he is an artist second, he's a moralist first. And that doesn't mean he's a bad artist or that his work isn't bad, it is. It's just that's not a guy that I'm gonna go to for any real questions of uh, of of like artistic aesthetic uh, aesthetic imperatives cancels oh my god Trump's not gonna cancel the election and I have noticed, by the way, that ever since Trump had his uh, thing where he said, we're going to get rid of the ballots, bye-bye, bye-bye ballots, uh, the people have been shitting rivets ever since then. There must be a protest or something, I'm guessing. Uh, they're shitting rivets. Uh, at the idea of a coup, some situation where he just says, 
Like that Atlantic Monthly article, apparently, it, it li- outlined an idea where they're just going to tell the state legislators to pick their own slate of the, uh, such. The Republican state legislatures are going to be asked to just pick their own slate of uh, of pro-Trump electors to go and cast their votes, which they can do. Like they can do that, you know, like. The, the, the Electoral College does not actually have anything in it about the electors being chosen by elections in the state. It just says that they will be chosen by the states. Uh, and in the past, that has meant state legislatures. Now, they could just do that again, you know. But even though that could technically be, be legal, I think it would be such a breach that it would be in the realm of what people are worrying about, or at least what they really think they're worrying about when they talk about this stuff is some sort of, uh, you know, tanks in the streets moment where this is the, the, uh, the state of siege has been inst- instituted and the Constitution is null and void. I think that could, that could lead to that. Uh, but then a lot of people seem to be backing off from that maximal position saying, no, what if it, like, more realistically, and it's like, okay, now we're talking... What if it's just like Florida 2000 all over again? And to which I say, well, then he won the election. Because you can talk about how that's illegitimate. Well, guess what? The 2000 election was illegitimate. No one did anything about it. So that standard, that can't be coup territory anymore. That can't be the rules have changed. That can't be it's running man now. That can't be this is our apocalyptic moment. This is our apotheosis. I'm sorry. If it's just a little more blatant version of Florida 2000, then it's just he won the election. And people will whine about it, and there'll be some protests, but it'll be like 2000. So, if that's what you're talking about, then they're not really talking about a coup. Fucking Chris Hayes said that the difference between those two things is semantic. And it's like, okay, I'll accept that premise, but that means that we haven't had a legitimate fucking government in this country since 2000. We just let that go. And you have to reckon with the fact that that has been absorbed into the system and no one in any significant number decided to mount the barricades in defense of democracy then. So how are they going to do it now in similar circumstances? Just because, I mean, yeah, people are madder, people are sadder, people, our lives are worse as Americans in general than they, than they were in 2000, but we're even more atomized, even more confused even, I mean, my God, the internet was pets.com and the dancing hamster in 2000. Now it's our brains. You know what? Somebody asked a very weird question. The, the kind of question I usually ignore in these chats. Like, kind of the left field ones. But I thought it was really interesting because I had an immediate thought when, when, he, when I read it, which was, it said, who is the most cursed po- po- picture of a politician? And there's obviously a ton of contenders. But the one that uh, immediately came to my mind without me even thinking about it, my first thought actually was, oh, how am I going to pick? And then I just saw it. You guys won't remember this. And I'm wondering if I should, sh- like, if I can show you on the screen here because you're not going to have seen this, most of you, you fucking fetuses in this chat will not have seen this because it's from 2004 when John Kerry was running against George Bush, an election that I was wildly, wildly emotionally invested in, uh, hilariously, because yeah, the stakes now are most supposed to be so much higher and I care basically 0% as much as I did in 2004. Uh, 
So it was him uh, visiting a nuclear facility, I think. Uh, it was some sort of clean, clean room, some sort of technological clean room that he was, and he was crawling through a tube, a white tube, and he was wearing a white uh, containment suit. And his, and his, his, his nose is like this, and he looked like a bunny rabbit. It was the cl it's the closest thing a political, a presidential candidate has done to appearing is as, as a furry. Is somebody putting it in the chat? I bet someone is. I bet a, ha a helpful, a helpful. All right, I'm back. I don't know why that happened. It's very irritating. I don't know why that happens when that happens. It literally just froze and dropped me off of the call, off of the broadcast. Uh, it's because Trump is trying to uh, stop the truth from coming out. Or Biden, somebody, I don't know. But yes, the bunny suit photo. There's just something about his face that fills me with revulsion at myself for having ever cared about him being president at him for what a disgusting cretin and uh, spineless little twerp he became in his life. Uh, also, just a general embarrassment for the country that we have our fucking presidential candidates do this childish bullshit. That's how the level of our discourse, a bunch of just easily amused toddlers. It's, it's a very, it's a bummer, man. I know I wasn't online. I'm, I'm, I, I was not talking into the void. I saw it knock me off. He wasn't just Secretary of State, John Kerry. He was he was decent. He actually did the Iran deal. He did the uh, the Cuban uh, entry, uh, the Cuban reopening, which of course is now dead. But he actually had. I mean, he was much better than Hillary Clinton. But obviously, still very bad in any absolute sense. Not going to watch Ridley Scott's bullshit robot show. I've had enough of this motherfucker and fucking robots. How many fucking times is this motherfucker going to make a fucking movie about fucking robots? What is he so fascinated with? It's not that interesting, man. It's like, it's not that much of an artistic, an interesting artistic trope. I just don't think so. At this point, especially not the way he's done it. Like, what is his insight in all these movies? What does the insight he have go beyond, like, I don't know which one of us is actually the machine, or whatever the fuck. What is he actually bringing to this conversation about... The, the nature of consciousness or whatever the fuck. The idea that he was snuck into, without mentioning it, the idea that he snuck into um, Prometheus, that the aliens, the alien uh, space jockey people, the big, buff, pale albino guys, they came to Earth... They, they seeded human life on Earth. And then one of them came down to Earth to, like, make us stop being jerks to one another. And that was Jesus. And then after we killed Jesus, they decided to send the uh, uh, a, a species-extincting pod of aliens to wipe us out as, as punishment. 
Yeah, it is in the movie. I'm sorry. You, it's not said that explicitly, but it said there's one point where they're like looking at, at the hieroglyphics or something, and David is saying it's like, this was supposed to depart two thousand years ago. Now, what happened two thousand years ago that would make the aliens send a, 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 an alien pod to t- wipe out humanity that they created? Who was around back then? And you might think that's dumb. Yeah, that's Ridley Scott. He's a dumbball. He's a dummy. Biden is focusing on Venezuela and shit because he wants to win Florida. That's what they always do. Now, of course, yes, they want to overthrow these governments. Yes, there's a long-term interest in the United States to see all all uh, op- potential opposition certainly sitting on top of anything like Venezuela's oil wealth, the largest proved oil reserves in the world. That, that imperative is going to be persist regardless of who's in power. But Biden is talking about it as much as he is to try to get Florida. I gotta say, the stoned ape theory makes a lot more sense to me now than it used to be. You know? Because the things exist, right? And uh, all this shit exists in nature and it interacts with the human nervous system and perceptive apparatus and People are gonna, they're gonna take it at some point, and enough of them take it at the right moment, and you have that that leap. And not the only thing that would have led to human evolution, human consciousness evolving, of course. But but I think like a one thread in a in a tapestry of of phenomena that drove humanity to that point. Uh. But I think, like, the genetic bottleneck point, I think that had a lot to do with it, too. The fact that it one, that all humans evolve our, our direct descendants, or not direct descendants, but uh, eventual descendants of about 5,000 human beings who survived a, a, uh, a massive uh, climate catastrophe in, in Africa. That had something to do with it. But I do, and I also like it because it is a materialist. It's a materialist expo, ex, uh, dis, explanation for spirituality. Like the universe is a whole. The universe is a fully conscious, to the degree that it is, it functions, being. And then we showed up for one reason or another, and maybe because of the coevolution with other species that had chemicals. Some people theorize that some mushrooms uh, have that effect on people because it makes people less likely to destroy them or something. I don't know. But whatever it is, it would be a it would be an actual like material intervention into a natural ecosystem, a, a, a equilibrium, a homeostasis, creating an imbalance, an overdevelopment of perception among one subspecies of animal that then just went basically insane which we have been ever since. Just screaming, gibbering 
deluded maniacs because we are all essentially trapped by a delusion, a, 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 a dissociative state, and that is of separate individual consciousness. That is the, the essential psychosis of human, of human existence. Why do I think, uh, do I think politicians pooping their pants is more common occurrence than they let on? Well, considering that they don't, they barely ever let it on, uh, like Jerry Nadler just, you know that he just dropped anchor, right? Like, it wasn't like a shark. It wasn't a, a whoa. It wasn't a little trickle. It was like, it was Thanksgiving dinner in his fucking uh, underwear because he just immediately starts shoveling off stage. Does it, and they're in the middle of their stupid presentation. He had business to attend to. <sighs> and hey, I don't judge the man, but I do think that, uh, I mean, for one thing, he's 75. Another thing, he had got lap band surgery. He used to be much bigger, uh, and he had lap band surgery, so I'm sure his GI tract is an absolute, uh, it's a nightmare realm. It's, his intestines are like uh, the fucking, the, the uh, highway system in the Mad Max movies. But yeah, no, Biden, to get back to cap fuck, uh, clap fuckers, just think, that's so alpha compared to please clap, right? It's the opposite. It's Chad. It's Chad, it's Chad the way that Trump was Chad against Hillary. And you can make an argument that the best predictor in the modern era of who will win the presidency is who's coolest. Because... Who is cooler, Hillary or Trump? Well, that's a no-brainer. Who is cooler, Obama or Romney? Again, no-brainer. Who's cooler, Obama or McCain? No fucking brainer. Who's cooler, George W. Bush or John Kerry? We fucking know the answer to that one, don't we, folks? Who's cooler than, uh, who's cooler between Bush and Al Gore? Once again, duh. Clinton was cooler than Dole. Bush is not cool, but Bush was cooler than Dukakis. Dukakis was a little, uh, Stiff. I mean, he had the fucking pic picture behind the thing. Uh, Bush look came off as sort of a, like a, a pencil neck geek, but he also had a real patrician gravitas because he was like the the absolute cerulean blooded American like uh, a wasp establishment. Like he's the personification of like a deep American money, like the original American capitalist. So that kind of resonated off of him. Reagan, of course, cooler than Mondale, cooler than Carter. Carter was cooler than uh, Ford. Nixon versus Humphrey is such an insane uncool off because you think Nixon wasn't cool. My God, Hubert H. Humphrey was an absolute spaz. Just he had he had kid in the front of the class putting his hand up because he knows all the answers. Energy. Uh, and it was it was cringe. And his name was Hubert. 
Linda Johnson wildly cooler than Barry fucking Goldwater. He, uh, the, like the fucking Bill Buckley types try to act like, oh, he's epically cool, and I'm sure there are shirts you can get with Goldwater, and he's got sunglasses on. It's like, oh, epic. And yeah, he was a rancher and all that shit, but he was a square. He, uh, there's a, in, in Before the Storm, Rick Perlstein's first book, which is about largely the 64 campaign, he talks about how these group, these uh, crowds of juiced up young conservatives, like uh, the young American for freedom types, the people who burned, you know, uh, uh, they, they did the first, like, dumping the French wine out thing, and that they would ha- hold bonfires of Soviet-made products. And they would be there, these young right-wing exuberants cheering on uh, car, uh uh, the speech and there'd be somebody to come out and give a stem winding opener and then Goldwater would come out and the, r- the room would just die he had no charisma at all he was chosen because he was the ideological heart of conservatism in the elected uh, federal government he had no charisma Lyndon Johnson had a dick he called Jumbo he had a fucking aqua car that he would drive people into lakes with without them knowing it was an aqua car. He wasn't a terribly uh, powerful speaker either, but he certainly had uh, some swagger in his personal uh, interactions, whereas Goldwater was very much a, a nerd. Uh, and that's one of the reasons he played being a rancher so hard, because he was such a fucking nerd. Uh, I mean, he was like a, he was an amateur pilot and CB radio enthusiast. If he'd been like middle class, he would have just been a nerd. But the fact that he was, you know, the millionaire scion of a department store uh, dynasty in Arizona meant that he could play both. He could be a he could be a nerd on the prairie. And of course, JFK famously is more cool than Nixon. JFK won because of Sam Giancana, uh, Bill Daly, and his coolness. Eisenhower was cooler than Adlai Stevenson. Truman is cooler than Dewey. Dewey got murdered because Eleanor Roosevelt's, or uh, I think it was one of the Roosevelt's, I think Alice maybe, said that Thomas Dewey looked like the little man on the wedding cake. He had a little mustache. That was 1948 version of just an annihilation. That's that's you're done after that. Uh, FDR was cooler than anybody he ran against, obviously. And Biden is, even though his pants are filled with shit in any given moment and he doesn't even know where he is, that has given him a ease with himself. And that is what coolness is after all. It's just ease with oneself. That's what people are picking up when they say someone's cool. They mean that they are not in a state of anxiety relative to themselves or the people around them. And I think that both, and, and both Trump and Trump and Biden's coolness is largely powered by their senility at this point. It's why they're... Like, Trump is obviously an uh, incredible narcissist and, more importantly, a deeply needy man who needs to be reassured at all points. That, But uh, his public persona is one of absolute certainty. Uh, because as much as he might be crave the approval of others, he has no instinct to tack towards anyone he just is himself, and then if you don't like it, he gets mad at you. So I think, though, Biden might be cooler. Biden might be thinking about it in this terms, like if it's because Trump is insecure in a way Biden doesn't seem to be. Well, unless it's about being perceived as to the left in any way. Biden is incredibly neurotic about that. He will tell you, uh, I beat the socialist. I fucking got in a time machine and killed Rosa Luxemburg, motherfucker. 
time. Do I have any? Th- uh, uh, oh, somebody asked about the debate. Uh, I saw what the debate topics were, uh, and one of them is the actual integrity of the election itself. And I, I do not think that's ever been a, a debate topic before. Which means that something is different about this. It's not pure hysteria, because even if it was pure hysteria, it's enough hysteria to impact things. It's like... Our discrete actions always just, in the internet, and like our, our, our media responses, they do kind of just go into the ether because they are uncoordinated. But if you have everybody, even uh, if they're not on the same page, just have a religiously ecstatic moment simultaneously, you can move the fucking needle. And I think that's that's the, the, the possibility there. Is if everyone just wills themselves into believing, just making a quantum leap through sheer intensity of belief. But like I said, I don't think it's going to happen. I'd say most... I'd say, you know what's nice nice and likely is, yes, uh, he loses the popular vote again by a bigger margin, and he wins after a above statistical likelihood number of ballots get thrown out in a couple of states. Which, by any stretch, is not a legitimate election. It's the kind of thing that you would overthrow. I mean, my God, think of what... Think of what justified uh, Morales' overthrow was. Some shit like, oh, we found a statistical sampling of some fucking bullshit in our exit polls or something. This is literally, yeah, 10% of absentee ballots were disavowed. Or 10% of mail-ins were just thrown in. A challenge and thrown in the garbage. Or lost or something. That's, uh, that's... That would, if if we, if it was a strategically important enough area, that would that would lead to some sort of direct intervention, uh, especially if it provoked a, a popular protest. But it would still be business as usual for us. It would not be the opening of the seventh seal. It, we'd still just be here. Grumble about it. Complain about it. Get real mad and frothing angry about it. Post about it, certainly. Pro- protest, yes. But over time, without protest leading to anything, it leads to people getting bored or scared. So, wait a minute. Somebody says that... Uh, uh, Biden, uh, 538 has Biden at 352. You mean 352 electoral votes? That's honestly, that doesn't seem crazy from the polling I've seen. I mean, it, he has a very, I mean, people like to say they were wrong in 2016. What if they're wrong now? There's all these stories. Like, I mean, yes. But once again, this is a different context. Trump is the incumbent president. You've seen this big shift in suburban voters away from uh, Republicans to Democrats. You've seen a big surge in turnout. These things could, especially with, I don't know, the economy collapsing around a fucking unnecessarily disastrous pandemic response. Maybe that's not true. Maybe this is a real durable lead. Maybe this is actually a lead. Uh, And I think that will be the funniest outcome, really, if the wind just goes out of everybody's sails on election night. Like, all of this anima has been built up to a frenzied pitch. And then... Biden wins in a walk. 
Like, they don't even need to wait three days for all the fucking uh, absentees to come in. That's not, I'm saying that's a likely outcome, but I think something like that could very likely happen. Like, okay, maybe there's a couple days, and it's a little touch and go there, because they're still counting ballots, but Trump isn't able to, to muster the horses to really try to go uh, full hardcore just because of the frenzied pitch of the country. Just like, we'll, we'll save this card for later. Uh, just because it would be a disaster for the markets in the near term. There's no question about that. Uh, and it's like, is that necessary? Do we like Trump that much? And like I have said, I don't think they do. I don't think he's that necessary to their uh, to their ambitions. And then a couple, of, and then he wins, and he's he's got like three hundred electoral votes or more. Uh, I'm assuming everyone's just going to. I mean, you think people would be relieved, but I think it's going to be something else. It's going to be this emptiness. There's going to be this hollow, echoing emptiness, and people are going to be like Robert Redford in the candidate what now and I think the answer for a lot of people is going to be oh yeah I don't care about politics anymore which is going to be pretty funny thinking of all the people who spent the last four years whipping themselves into a frenzy and believing themselves to be political warriors on behalf of democracy or whatever the fuck or anti-racist crusaders who are going to scourge the land like John Brown after all that, after all that edging and all that, and then just the absolute failure to have any kind of apotheosis, I think they're just going to say, fuck it. I'm going to get into crap beers or something. I don't know if that'll last, and I doubt it will, but I think you're going to get like a, a refractory period there where a lot of people are just going to stop paying attention to any of this shit. The Nye Committee, someone wants to know about, they, that was a committee that... Uh, was chaired in the 20s, I believe, to figure out why the hell the U.S. went into war in World War One, considering the fact that nobody really wanted to go. Wilson campaigned in 1916 on a, on a platform of he kept us out of war, and yet we still ended up going in. Why? Because of the Zimmerman telegram? And the Nye Committee made a claim that it was essentially to secure the massive amount of loans that the United States had made to the Allies. Uh, they lent money to both sides, but disproportionately and in much, much larger amounts to the Allies. Specifically, J.P. Morgan, among them. The guy who had single-handedly saved the entire American economy in 1907 by underwriting a, a, a private sector bailout of the American financial system, which is one of the things that led to the creation of the Federal Reserve, because there was an understanding that they could not allow uh, that kind of crisis moment to be in the hands of unorganized capital. It had to be capital at its most uh, tightly supervised in the form of that executive committee that Marx talks about. And honestly, people might say it's simplistic, but it makes a fuck more much mo it makes a fuck lot more sense, especially if you're trying to put events in a I don't know, historical context and relate them to other events and other things instead of just isolating them it makes a shit ton more sense than well we wanted to stay out of the war but then Germany shot one of our uh, shot uh, a torpedoed one of our cruise ships and then two years later we went to war people forget that fucking Lusitania it was not like Lusitania was sunk and then we went to war right after that like Pearl Harbor 
the Lusitania was sunk in 1915. The United States didn't enter the war for two more years. And the Zimmerman telegram, oh yeah, that was a real concern. They were the Mexicans were going to invade the United States. I mean, they were in the middle of a completely uh, paralyzing civil war at that time. They were in no position to do anything to us. Securing American, uh, securing American uh, uh, financial instruments, considering the fact that the United States was like a, at that point a junior partner to like an Anglo global market. Uh, which World War One was largely was largely about who was going to be able to direct that flow, who was in charge, uh, and uh, England won, and we were on their side essentially from the sidelines for most of it, and then we had to secure our investment, which was a very smart move for you know the ruling class because it helped facilitate the eventual handover of the entire uh, uh, mechanism to the United States after World War Two when direct colonial control was no longer financially feasible. And we replaced it with a dollar hegemony that's ruled ever since. And that's all because, as uh, Otto von Bismarck said, the most consequential event of the 20th century, or the, I'm sorry, the most consequential fact of the 20th century will be that the United States speaks English. Oh God! Biden potential cabinet picks. Who gives a shit? My main. I'm only curious to see what Klobuchar and Buttigieg got. I kind of want to see how good negotiators they are. If Buttigieg got Veterans Affairs or something, I think he uh, he got a little played. It would be funny if Warren didn't get anything. Although, honestly, at this point, I don't give a shit what she gets. Anybody thinking that, like, her in any position of power will be substantially different than any of these other fucking vampires? I don't know what to tell you. Even if she, even if you can convince me that her intention is not to rule like one of them, her ability to negotiate the halls of power has, has proven pretty conclusively that there's, she's never going to be in a position to get one over on any of these fucking people, no matter what she did in the Senate. It's not within an administration where she has no real independent base, which you could have in the Senate. Oh God, Sally Yates is AG. Uh, that is a that is an underrated thing that people that uh, happens sometimes is cabinet people are chosen as basically as a snap, as as a uh, own of the previous administration as administration. Um, there was a famous example of that with the Obamas, because obviously Obama wasn't going to do anything about any of the crimes Bush committed and those guys committed. Let bygones be bygones. Uh, who hasn't uh, broken a few million Iraqi eggs to make an omelet? He uh, so he didn't do any actual uh, accountability, but in an act of supreme West Wing symbolic importance. He appointed Eric Shinseki 
who had been, uh, I think, the Secretary of the Army under Bush and had, uh, he had complained about, he had said something about how it was going to take more troops to, to hold Iraq than the government was saying. They were lying about what it would take to secure Iraq in an invasion. And he got fired. And they appointed him uh, Veterans Affairs Secretary to be like, aha, look at that. Dignity and facts rule again. And apparently the only thing that Shinseki is known for is he gave uh, the army berets for some reason and everyone really got mad and that they hate him to this day because they made them wear berets. Because they're not, they're like uh, uncomfortable and you can't really put them anywhere. Alright guys, uh, I think uh, I think the man, Bertovo and company are going to be streaming soon. A few minutes here I think. I'm going to log off and they'll log right on. And uh, anybody who wants to see some wonderful Twitch-based content and uh, support, uh, I believe, the Louisville Bail Fund should uh, check it out. So have a good time. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>